Welcome back to Draft Vice. I'm Walter, uh, and we're joined again by Kevin DJ Intense. Call me DJ Intense, y'all. <laughs> uh, and uh, What's dude, up? it's been a while. Uh, Very much a while. And uh, we're back finally doing some Draft Vice stuff. Mm-hmm, uh, if you mm-hmm. want, you can follow the podcast at Draft Vice on Twitter, at Draft Vice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O, Death is in the End of Life, Punch at the Delicious Drink You Drink of the Summer. And you can mm-hmm. follow Kev. DJ Intense on all platforms. We place the S with a C. And today we're talking about all the head coaches, all the head coach hirings, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the firings, the GMs, everything. So all the all the brilliance of uh, you know all the, the the moves that are going on this off season. Um, you know, you probably see me on other shows on the the Let's Talk Sports. Talked a little bit about some of these things. Talked Shout about out to that guy, the Let's Talk Sports star. Dan, show. yeah, Dan, Dave Harris. I uh, was also on Face Off of Face Mart. Talked about this, but this is Draft Vice. You know what's great about Draft Vice? We can go full turkey on it. We can talk anything we want. We can do anything we want. We get no constraints. Not like any of those have constraints, but still, this is the least constrained you will ever be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, whole bunch of hirings, a whole bunch of firings. Yes. Um. Which of these should we go? We got the. There's nine openings that have happened this year. I think we're almost done, though. I think they've officially reached the end, right? We've mm-hmm. had we had the Giants, right? They fired Joe Judge. That wasn't even the first one. The first one was the Raiders with John Gruden. Yes, that was during the, during the season. Yes, uh, Gruden had some emails. Uh, some things were not taken lightly. What he said. Don't don't leave things in emails, folks. Get to go. Yeah, especially when like don't say like he's suing the the NFL on that. Uh, I, I'm excited to see where that goes. Oh, but yeah, yeah, don't put don't put stupid things in emails. You don't know where it's gonna go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the rule we've learned. Also, just don't be like sexist and racist too. Like that's yeah. you know and, and homophobic. There's other things we've learned from the Gruden thing, but also <laughs> don't leave things in emails. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so after the Gruden thing, we had Urban Meyer. Oh, he was a oh, woo. Well, you lucky I wasn't on your podcast. Just, uh, just kicking to, kickers, man. I was, I getting grinded on by some hot ladies in uh, in Ohio. Like, can I just take a minute and say Gruden? I mean, uh, uh not Gruden, uh, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, you are a hypocrite. Biggest fumble I think I've seen as a head coach hiring uh, in the last five years. Like, I think that was the worst head coach hiring. Yes. Um, that t- totally whiffed on expectations. Although mm-hmm. my expectations were low, if you know my opinion on it, that was one of my least uh, favorite head coach hirings last year. Um, and he constantly disappointed from the the weightlifting guy who happened yes. to have the the Iowa weightlifter uh, weight training guy who was racist yep. and caused injuries to players mm-hmm. and had that history. Then you had all the stuff with uh, oh the draft where he's like, we took uh, Travis Etienne because I didn't realize Kadarius Tony might go sooner than our pick. Like, that was kind of like a weird thing that happened. So much. And then the thing about it that, you know, you hear coaches tell their players, don't be that guy. Yeah. Here you are being that guy. Oh, worse than that guy. He, uh, calling his coaches losers, yes. kicking his own player. Players, yep. Again, like ditching his own, like uh, ditching his own teammates. Oh, by the way, uh, oh, the one that I really, um, Chris Carter. I yes. think it was was supposed to be have a job on the coaching staff. Like he wanted to be involved with it. I didn't know about this, but this is breaking news. I just saw that. I saw this literally last week, and uh-huh. um, he was talking about it on Good Morning Football, and apparently he like spoken about having like a role on the coaching staff to be involved with Urban Meyer being there. Okay, and apparently Trent Baalke nixed that idea. By the way, Balky <sighs> was another thing that was just not a good idea. Bringing you know, in Trent Balky, you know, that guy it just how. How does he continue getting a job? You messed up San Fran. You messed it up. Well, I'm sure we'll talk more about Balky in a little bit. 
Um, so yeah, the whole thing with uh, with, with Balky and, and that that stopped him from having somebody else in his ear who like Chris Carter's like, listen, man, if I was there, I would have told him you get on that damn airplane with yeah. your team after the loss on Thursday, yeah. and if you want to go back to Ohio over the weekend, you fly back to Ohio. You get on the plane, and then you get grinded on by little yes. coeds. You don't stay there and they grind it. No, you get your ass on the plane. Yeah, you lose as a team, you go home as a, a team, te- exactly. and then you can fly back on your own and get laid. I don't care what you do in your own time. Let me tell you something. If he was that was me that he would have kicked, I would have gave that guy two piece. I would have what's that guy? Was it Marcus? No, no, no. It was Josh Lambo. No, 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 no. Oh my God, the kid from Washington, Allen, that punched his teammate, Marcus Peters. Yeah, no, no, not him. Oh, Payne. Washington. Uh, Payne, Payne. Oh, Deron Payne. Yeah, I would have gave you two piece. Oh, well, we'll be talking about a little bit about that because of Joe Judge. You because he decided gave, to comment on that for weird reasons. I would have gave you a two piece, Urban Meyer. You lucky you didn't kick me. Yeah, so I would have punched you in your face right on the spot. So he fomixed everything. They had so many bad losses. Started the whole season off really bad. Um, they played. I, it wasn't bad losses because I, I figured they weren't going to win a lot. They were competitive. In a lot of them, well, they beat the Bills. Like yes. they had weird wins. Like they yeah. had these had they they had their moments, and then it came crashing down, and they never found their footing. And yeah. then also, it didn't help. When all this information's going out there, where you know you're 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 calling your coaches, your assistant coaches, losers. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what, Urban? Your job as a head coach is to hire people. Who'd you hire? Hi, Urban. Daryl Bevel. Uh, you know, uh, the, the who's the other one that was there? The the both guys who were from the Seahawks, the uh, the QB coach and the offensive coordinator. Who'd you both. hire? But apparently, he did not like how that all went down. So that's not listen, Urban. I get it because in college you're used to having the the, the ultimate roster. Yeah. In football, there is parity. There, you know, the talent pool is not that big from from top to bottom. Yeah. There's Even no bad teams can be successful at some point. So you're gonna work a little bit more harder. And this is what I'll say about it. Like when he came in, uh, there were typically college head coaches that have any traction in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Usually are good have have one of two backgrounds. One, they're they're offensive innovators. Mm-hmm. Cliff Kingsbury, like again, not great, but he's been better than most of the other uh, college head coaches that come in. Chip Kelly had a little bit of a good run before people got tired of his his personality. Yeah. Um. Even Bill O'Brien, you know, actually Bill O'Brien fits in both categories because also having prior NFL experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, had prior NFL experience both as a player and as a coach. He you know went to college, came back, and then came to the NFL and became a, a head coach for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, that was you know like that. Those are the kind of guys who do really well in the NFL. Like at, you know it, coming from college, if you have no experience in the NFL and you have no offensive in- innovation, you're not like trying to bring something in that's like kind of like different than what the NFL does. There's no reason for you to be in there. There you go. Like I said, you had. And, Ur- and Urban Meyer did not fit in either of those categories. No, Urban Meyer had talent that, exce- that exceeded all of the teams. So when he came as a head coach, just what, what more can you do? Just just be more, just crack the whip. That's more, that's more or less what you were doing. Yeah, just be, a, just be a, like a recruiting's totally different yeah. than developing talent and training. I mean, he, listen, he was fine at developing talent at Ohio State, but it's a different thing. Even at Utah too, in Florida, but there was a lot of missteps yeah. in Florida that you had. You know, you did have Aaron Hernandez. We're not going to get into that. Though. Yeah. So let's let's move on. We, we'll move on from Urban Meyer trash show that that was all right yeah. so those were the two in-season hirings uh then we had firings uh, firings all right that's what i meant firings and by the way jacksonville had the second firing and they were just most recent and they just this week hired somebody yeah 
so we had that. Yeah, you had the Vikings with Zimmer and Spielman both got fired. Spielman was a bigger shock. I, I blame Kirk Cousins for getting Zimmer and Spielman fired. I don't. And it's not because I don't think Kirk Cousins is bad or good. I, my, my opinion on it is I think that there was not – there was a point where Zimmer stopped talking to Spielman. And mm-hmm. I, I think it was the lack of cohesion in the building mm-hmm. and the lack of ability to adapt. And clearly ownership wanted to go a different direction because they fired both of them. Yep. And then they hired uh, Kwesi Adafo Mensa to be their GM. He's uh, from the Browns, right? From the Browns previously, also with the 49ers. Okay. Uh, you know, had a little bit of background analytics. So he doesn't really call it analytics. He likes to call it dis- uh, information or evidence-based decision-making. Okay. Great way to call it, right? Great mm-hmm. way to rephrase analytics. It's okay. evidence-based decision-making. Which means uh, numbers. No, not just numbers, but, like, you're using information to make your decision. So basically and, using what they have for, like, that whole GPS tracking thing. And, well, that's part of it. But, like, also part of analytics is, is trying to figure out the why of things. Like, and okay. it's not just, like, the stats, but sometimes the stats are wrong. Like, why is yards per carry not a great stat? Well, because there's so many things that affect yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, offensive line blocking, uh, running backs vision, you know, what down and distance it is. So yards per carry, you know, and... Uh, somebody might just look at that stat and be like, "That's not analytics." Pointing out to yards per carry is not analytics. That's stats. Mm-hmm. But yards per ca- but an analytics person might be like, "Well, yards per carry doesn't really mean anything because mm-hmm. there's different reasons for yards per carry being up. Like you have a really bad offensive line, like Joe Mixon had for his first few years in the NFL. Still has it right now to this day. But he, you know, but he's just a dynamite running back. Yes, he is. Um, you know, and his backup too. Yeah. Uh, so. Moving beyond that, so uh, so yeah, Zimmer is out. Zimmer, so honestly, I would have been okay if they brought both those guys back. Um, there was so a lot of, I. I I think there was a lot of things that went against their way. I think ownership was just like it's time. Mm-hmm. It's been eight years. It's been three years since you made it to a playoff. It's time. You got to move on. Your your roster was at its best in 2019 when you had Case Keenum, and unfortunately, yep. you didn't have Case Keenum. It was a Case. It was 2018, Case Keenum, 2019. And and 2019. Did they make it the playoffs in 2019? That, I think that was the last time with the miracle with the, against the Saints. Well, 2018 was Case Keenum. They brought in Kirk Cousins in 2019. I thought. There you go. So, but basically, like the last time they had a really good roster was when they had Case Keenum. They brought in Kirk Cousins, and then everybody started getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, it, you know, they started losing guys like Xavier Rhodes. Kind of aged out. He, you know, just kind of lost a step. Uh, so, uh, like more and more of this roster kind of started getting older and injured, like Barr and Kendricks and. Uh, Oh, uh, and the defensive end that's been there forever, Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin. Yeah, he went. He went on like a little road trip and went to Dallas for a little bit. Yeah. Didn't do anything in Dallas. <laughs> and cut him and put him. He came back. Came back a year later. He's like, listen, Dallas is like whatever. But he was he was actually a decent pass rusher this year. Yeah. yeah, you know what it is though. They they did have some good coaches that knew how to develop talent. Andre Patterson, great defensive line coach. Um, they were talking about. I think you were talking about. I him. love Andre Patterson. You were, you were talking Come about to the Browns, Andre. On the in the live sports talk show. About him, and he's gonna go to Jacksonville, right? No, I think. Oh no, that was a discussion a while okay. ago about. Um, I'm sorry. I I, I like to. Uh, that was Vic. I, I was hoping Vic Fangio would go to Jacksonville. Yeah. That was my hope, my dream. Because honestly, I want to see. I want. I don't think Jacksonville's gonna do this now because everybody's now making it sound like they're gonna go tackle in the for uh, for the number one overall pick. Tackle. There's tackle. rumors that we're not talking about the draft right uh, now. Let's let's keep it on head coach candidates. Why not go? 
Whatever. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm realizing this. I'm like, wait a second, we're gonna go deviating too much on this. There's nine different uh, openings. They all you know, now we're finally filling up most of them. So uh, Vikings go ahead and they move on from Zimmer. Mm-hmm. They bring in. Uh, they almost brought in Harbaugh, and Harbaugh said no. No, it, what Harbaugh thought they wanted him, and they. There we go. There we go. That's the one right there. They did not want him as much as he thought they did. Yeah, and he said, "F this, I'm out." No, it's. O'Connell was their was the candidate the whole time that they wanted. Mm. It was always not always, but I think what happened was Quasi has a relationship with you know Quasi was with the 49ers back mm. when Harbaugh was there, mm. so that's what made him even take the interview. Right, Quasi was there. You know, it's Quasi. It's like, hey, Quasi, we, we go back, man. Yeah, so they go there. He goes, hey, Quasi, how's it going? He goes, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, they do the interview, and he go. He realizes like he's, you know, this is a real interview. This is a way. Hang on, I'm not the top candidate here. Oh, uh, so, hey. so, so, so for it was more or less. He thought he was number one, and he really wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't and, the and favorite. He, had, he actually had to do an interview. Interview. Okay. Yeah, he wasn't the favorite coming in. And keep in mind, they had already done the finalist interviews with uh, O'Connell. And uh, was it D'Amico Ryan's or the uh, or Raheem Morris? I think it was, was O'Connell and Raheem. I think D'Amico turned him down. Yeah, he said he didn't want to do it. Yeah, he he turned him down at the last second. I don't know what happened with that. And then the rumor came out about Harbaugh, and then they hired O'Connell after the Harbaugh interview. And so O'Connell, what's Coach Feezy from again? He uh, is McVay's offensive coordinator. He previously coached in Washington. And he also works for the QB Collective, which is something I want to touch on, uh, yeah. both in this episode and then when we talk about more about the Flores uh, lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Is um, there's a lot of head coaches, especially this cycle, who are associated with the QB Collective. That's from uh, it's Mike Shanahan's, Mike Shanahan's. Yep. yeah, his organization. Yeah. And you know, it's they all run a lot of the similar scheme, this mm-hmm. uh, outside zone play action West based Coast. concept, mixing with uh, West Coast uh, concepts and. It seems to me that there's a, a big prol- proliferation of this, and it seems like these coaches interview very well. Mm-hmm. And part of the interview is because you have something to go back to. You have a schematic, right? Uh, you go in, and you're, you know, your pitch to them is, listen, our whole plan here is we're going to marry the run with the pass and the pass with the run. There's proof that play action, oh, it, it just happens to be a better play than almost any other play you run, mm-hmm. uh, better than just a straight drop back play because you're running play action. The linebackers have to sneak up. They're not always sure what you're doing. So there's a, there's a pitch there. There's a, hey, this is, this is A, a scheme that works. We're going to bring in coaches that know how to coach the scheme. It's going to be our base concept, our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what O'Connell probably came in there and said. It's like, listen, my base is going to be 11 personnel, uh, outside zone play action. When when uh, Kevin Stefanski did it, he said, I want to do 12 personnel, outside zone play that's action. Two tight ends, right? 12 yep. personnel. Two, two tight ends, one running back. Uh, Shanahan does all of it. He does 12 personnel, 21 personnel, full back and a running back, two tight ends. Shanahan does it all. Oh, yeah. He, he... Yeah, he's his daddy is his daddy's hands are inside the pot. Okay, (laughs) so and these are where you see the variations of those schemes. Right. So Nathaniel Hackett's been with Lafleur. You know, he was there with him when he got to see like some of the variation of the scheme with uh, uh, in in Green Bay. Um, But Nathaniel Hackett's been around for a bit. He was in Jacksonville before this Mm -hmm. Uh, was the OC for uh, Blake Bortles' best season, which not really saying much because Blake Bortles <laughs> not doing much right he now. He had one season. Yeah, he had one good season, one good season. But Hackett was involved, so okay, listen. So yeah, I think you got to give him some credit for that. People don't understand what that that whole uh, Mike Shanahan coaching tree from 2013, right? They're all part of the same Washington 
uh, football team franchise, right? It was Washington football team. Before yeah. that, it was Kubiak's team when he was with the Texans. Mm-hmm. All these guys have been together quite a bit. Mike McDaniels, the guy who uh, just got hired for the Miami Dolphins, yeah. another guy um, who it comes from the Shanahan coaching tree. He's been best buds with uh, with Kyle Shanahan since Mike's been in Denver. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you're talking Ooh. about going back to 2004, 2005. That's how they know each other. Damn. They've been best friends. You know, he was a ball boy for the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. uh, grew up in Denver. So, you know, you have that guy coming up. He's been with Kyle Shanahan everywhere he's coached in the NFL. The mm. Texans, Washington, the Falcons, Cleveland, and then, you know, and all the way to the 49ers. Now he's the offensive coordinator there. And now he's been hired as the Miami, Miami Dolphins head coach. Head coach. Yeah. So, but when Mike did, I like. I like Mike McDaniel's yeah. a lot, partially because if you watch any of his interviews, there we go, hilarious. hilarious. Yes, and there's actually he's friends with a, a famous comedian, uh, Dan Soder. Uh, he's on the TV show Billions. He's got a couple of specials out. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I think he's been on uh, Legion of Skanks before. So he, they're best friends. They go back mm. to they grew up in Denver together. Mm, and okay. uh, actually, Dan Soder is a 49ers fan. Mm. So. Uh, you know, fun fact. Yes, fun fact. Mike, Mike McDaniel's get you know. So now finding out your best friend's the offensive coordinator for the your favorite team, works out perfectly. Um, and I find it uh, um, funny about you said about the whole coaching tree because of the Fur Brothers, right? Yeah, Isn't Matt that, and Mike Lafleur. Mike, one of them is ROC for the Jets. Yes, yeah, the Jets yeah, offensive yeah. coordinator and uh, his brothers with the Packers head coach. Yeah. And uh, in fact, Mike Lafleur. And not only that, when uh, when when uh, Matt LaFleur wanted Mike LaFleur to be his offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan blocked him. <laughs> really? Yeah, he cock-blocked. Back when you could block uh, block those kind of things, Kyle Shanahan said, no, I'm not letting you hire your brother away from my coaching staff unless he's taking play-calling duties, which he wasn't because Matt LaFleur was going to take play-calling duties. Ah. So now you can now you can kind of finagle it sometimes. Um, the the rules have changed a little bit in that circumstance, and it seems like a lot of coaches don't like that. You know, blocking people. It's happened mm-hmm. to a lot of coaches before, and it inhibits your ability to grow. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm totally against that as well. So Mike McDaniel's takes the job down in Miami. O'Connell takes a job over with the Vikings, mm-hmm. um, and he, I think his style is probably going to be a lot more eleven personnel, a lot like the McVay uh, system right now. Um, Nathaniel Hackett going from Green Bay Packers down to Denver. Uh, again, I think you know. There's clearly going to be the whole Aaron Rodgers yep. thing. But I don't think it's necessarily all it was. I, I, by the way, another guy who's hilarious, if you see his interviews, he's kind of like this dopey bozo dad, but kind of very <laughs> sweet. Like, Star Wars fan, kind of dorky. Like, he just seems like he's like, his interview, he seems so excited about being a head coach. He's like, listen, man, we're going to run that outside zone play action, West Coast principles, you know, that old John Elway, Mike Shanahan. St- he pitches it so well. Very excited to be there. Uh, is very, and a Star Wars fan. I think they asked him like what his favorite Star Wars character was. And he just went a whole long rant, didn't he? Uh, well, he ended up saying it was Han Solo, but he said like that's like picking one of your favorite children. So, but it's just fun like seeing a guy kind of being very like ah oh, like, yeah, like like yeah. excited. Not, not like Bill Belichick. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't need to be just stone cold Steve Austin all the time. Sometimes no. you like a little bit of character, a little bit of like rosy cheeks kind of going. It's funny that you just talk about the personnel because if I look at Denver and those running backs they have back there. I like Melvin it. Gordon and Javante Williams. Very and Javante similar. Williams is a woo. He 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 did me some justice for fans. <laughs> and not for nothing, it very similar to how the Packers had 
Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Now, I do believe Melvin Gordon's going to be a free agent, but he said he's interested in coming back. And I think like they could utilize those two guys very Again, similarly. Yeah, might as well. It will. It did. I had nothing against Denver's offense. Is that quarterback play was offensive? But <laughs> other thing around it, like running backs, tight end, and receivers, they did pretty well. No, the wide receivers are great. Yeah. They have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Uh, we never really got to see anything with KJ Hamler. Jerry Judy looked great at the beginning of the year. He got hurt. Got the high ankle sprain. Never quite looked 100% since then. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy Bridgewater was looking good in the beginning. He kind of slowed down at the middle of the year. I don't know if it was him or Pat Shermer or the injuries or what happened. Out. Yeah. I'm sorry. I like you, Teddy Bridge. I, I, you know, you are a bridge quarterback, but with the name, I'm sorry, Teddy Bridge of Awards. <laughs> yeah, so I wonder where he goes this year. I don't. There's rumors they might bring him back. We'll see what happens with Nathaniel Hackett if he wants to bring him back. What he thinks is like the best option. There's a lot of talk that they're going to go after Aaron Rodgers, but if Aaron Rodgers is not available, and I actually do believe Aaron Rodgers will not get traded, that is my belief this offseason. I could be entirely wrong. But I, in my head, I don't believe Aaron Rodgers gets traded. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, the team that I'm looking at to go into, and you may think I'm nuts, there's two teams, the Colts and the Saints. If I really want to leave, I go to those two teams. I don't agree with the Saints for two reasons. One, you no longer have Sean Payton there. True. And also, the, they might not have Michael Thomas after this. Mm. So what wide receivers are you throwing to? A um, bunch of guys off the street. Exactly. So, like, the whole reason why he wants to – he would be going somewhere is, A, he wants to go wherever Devontae Adams is. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Are they going to be signed Devontae Adams or no? Uh, the rumor is they're going to tag him. Uh, whether he, you know, capitulates and works with them on it, whole different deal. Maybe they can offer him a long-term deal to make him stay. Um, they are $40 million over the cap, but there are ways that they could fix that problem for the Packers. Isn't that what you talked about, those uh, void, voided years? Um, you could do the void years thing, but it's way easier to just give Aaron Rodgers an extension, which I think is really what's going to end up happening. Mm. So I think they'll give Aaron Rodgers an extension. They can move some of the money from this year, the the salary, as a signing bonus into the the next few years. That'll clear up some of the cap for right now. Um, they can put void years on the deal as well. But I think what ends up happening is, is they, they extend Rodgers, they cut Preston and Zaria Smith, and then they, they can restructure some deals with Kenny Clark, with uh, Bulaga if they really want to. Um, and then they, can, they, they will be able to find some ways to get to keep Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers if they want to. There's rumors they've already had that discussion. So that's why I don't think the, the Denver Broncos are going to get Aaron Rodgers. I think their next option would be to both draft a quarterback like Kenny Pickett I don't trust that kid. I don't trust anybody in this draft. But the quarterback room in this draft is, yeah. So sorry, kids. I don't. I don't. I'm not trying to to, to crap on you. You're going to be a quarterback in NFL, but I don't believe that you. There's be. like six of them, and they're all like, I don't. It, I don't see it. Uh, it's don't it's worrisome. They're all worrisome. Maybe you will. Maybe you will. And you and you put. I put my foot in my mouth, and you can come back at me. They could go with Desmond Ritter. They can go with a lot of guys. There's six different guys in this draft that all have like interesting levels of talent, and so. But I think they could also trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think that's an answer, but it's uh, it's a possibility. Jimmy G. Um, as of right now, it sounds like Nathaniel Hackett's <laughs> offensive coordinator is going to be actually a derivative of the Vic Fangio tree. I can't remember the guy's name. It's a very it, – it, it's a – 
It's an odd-sounding name. He's currently on the LA Rams, so that's why he's not currently announced. Mm-hmm. Um, as what a, a as the def- as the defensive coordinator. Um, they're also bringing in the offensive line coach from the. I believe it. Who's the O line coach they're bringing in? They're they. Uh, I don't believe it was the Vikings O line coach. I think the Vikings O line coach went to the Bills or is it interviewing for the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's getting moved around. Mike Munchak's not going to be in Denver anymore. They want oh. somebody who has more familiarity with the outside zone system. I think that was the one mistake I think Hackett's making on this. So we'll see where he ends up landing. Top two O line coach in the NFL. Go grab him. I you know. Um, uh, so we've talked about a lot of the outside zone coaches, right? The uh, the Mike Shanahan tree, the Miami Dolphins with Mike McDaniel's. Honestly, I that's the one I like the most out of the three guys. Just has so much longevity in the NFL. Has a lot of fans in the players' rooms. I think he can turn around Tua. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that was kind of like. So we'll talk about that a little bit with the with, with Flores. Is okay. So like Miami Dolphins, they fired Flores, right? Yeah. As we know. Yes. After he had two successful winning seasons. Yes. And also kind of like overperformed with the Dolphins team his first year that looked like it was going to go 0-16. Yeah, because they had nothing. And, and ended up winning enough games where they got the sixth overall pick. Mm-hmm. So clearly he uh, he's a good coach. Um, they Now part of being a coach is more than just being a good defensive coach. Uh, it is figuring out your offensive scheme, uh, putting together your offensive coaches. And one of the big problems with Flores was the offensive – I think he had four offensive coordinators in three years, yeah. four different offensive line coaches. They never quite figured out the offense together. And I think that was really one of the worries, and clearly there was some kind of friction between him and Tua. Mm-hmm. And now I don't know whose idea it was. There's a lot of talk about Deshaun Watson. And clearly Deshaun Watson wants to be wherever Flores is. Like that's That's been the rumor since the get-go is that Deshaun Watson likes Flores, thus he wanted to be in Miami – Thus, the Dolphins kind of started kicking the tires on that deal. Um, clearly, everybody involved was somewhat interested. I don't know. Everybody might have different levels of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk more about the, the Miami Dolphins situation in yes, another episode. Um, so there's more to talk about as far as the whole three years that Flores was there. But so one of the big worries, though, coming into this was, okay, so why they re- – like, at least from a, a skyline view – as a as a coach, one of the few coaching things that I would say with Flores was they just didn't figure out the offense. No, they never did. And and I I don't know if it's because he didn't believe in Tua or Tua couldn't get it, but the offense was very um, it underperformed in my opinion. And it's underperformed every year, not necessarily to wholly his detriment. No. Sometimes you just hire the wrong people. But typically, one of the number one uh, ways to tell if a coach is not going to last very long is that they have a high turnover on their staff. Yeah. I thought Flores was going to beat that, though, because I just thought like it, he was winning too much, where I thought yeah. the high turnover didn't matter. Like They just figured it out somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was the first year with Chan Gailey, no, first year with uh, Chad O'Shea as his offensive coordinator and Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick as his quarterbacks. Josh Rosen. Oh. But again, like not for nothing, <laughs> they ended yes. up winning games because of Fitzpatrick. Yeah. So honestly, if the whole plan was from the tank, they just never should have signed Fitzpatrick. Yeah, this, this guy, was it that the same year when he, he beat the Raiders when he had his helmet turned backwards? Yes, he had the, the blind, like, no-look throw. No, no, that was the next year, I think. That was oh, okay. when they had Tua, and they pulled Tua from the game. And Fitzpatrick came in and threw, like, the blind pass. Okay. Yes, it was in 2020. Yeah, that, that was crazy. That was that was one of my favorite plays I think I've seen. Also, I think I was rooting. 
I, I think I was rooting against the Dolphins for some reason in that game. <laughs> Whatever it was, though, that, that that throw just like like shook my soul a little bit because I was like, what? How did that even happen? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they went on to beat the Raiders in that. Yes. Um. So no matter what, I think the big worry for their next head coach. Ignoring any, uh, you know, because we'll talk more about the Flores situation. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more to deal with there. Was always the offense and trying to figure out if Tua is the guy, if you could build something around Tua. And like you just said, you think McDaniels probably can. I think he can because I see what you did with Jimmy G. And, I see, and you know, along the way you said with Matt Ryan, those kind of guys. And he has that kind of, like, personality and, like, I guess – approach to get the best out of Tua. Yes. And I, I don't think Tua's bad. Is I feel like Tua doesn't is not getting in. Hey, he never was healthy. I it, he was never healthy, but they also put him in weird offenses. Yeah. So his first year they had Chan Gailey as the offensive coordinator, who was really the whole reason why they brought in Chan Gailey was because he fit Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, he had his two of Ryan Fitzpatrick's best seasons have been with Chan Gailey. Yep. Once in Buffalo and then once with the the Jets. The Jets. Yep. And uh you know, he did a lot of that, you know, four wide, two big slot wide receivers, Eric Decker and, and Brandon and Marshall. tight ends. But you know what? It worked for a bit. He did yeah. this kind of cool spread thing with two big wide receivers with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker that worked, and I loved it. And it worked for – but the problem is they, when one got injured, you no longer could do it. There you go. And that was the big problem with But it was such a cool offense. I do – like, I did think that wasn't the worst idea in the world. I, I would love to see more 10 personnel out there. The, Brian Dable's done it up in the Bills a little bit in the last two years. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Brian Dable in a second. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think with Chan Gailey, it was, I thought he was more brought in there to help Fitzpatrick, and they were going to let Tua sit for the year. That's what I thought. And then they benched Fitzpatrick after, like, him winning a bunch of games. And then, like, now, granted, like, they beat teams that were not great. It was, like, the Jaguars and a couple of, you know, it wasn't like, you know, all those teams were really tough teams. And they ended up winning in spite of two as as the starting quarterback yeah. for that first year, too. So it really didn't matter all that much. No. The defense was just so crazy good. Yes, and that's what I, I looked at for. I was like, yo, this guy can coach. Yeah, <laughs> at minimum, they were, they were doing the right stuff on defense to keep the points down. Mm-hmm. And then they were finding ways to win, and that's an important aspect. And mind of you, it. that's when they traded Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick. No, they didn't trade him. They benched him, and then by the end of the season, he went in free agency and went to the four, uh, went to the uh, Steelers, Washington, and then and then hurt his hurt no, his hip. Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. That was his first season. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Too many Fitzpatrick's, yeah, Miami. <laughs> Stop getting all the Fitzpatrick's. You're hoarding the Fitzpatrick's. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> Just in time for uh, – he's coming out with a fucking Irish accent now. <laughs> Just in time for uh, St. Paddy's Day. Ah, all the Fitzpatrick's. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, uh, so, yeah, they famously traded him for a first-round yeah. pick. And, uh, the Steelers. Yeah, to the Steelers. And yes. They, they made all these crazy trades. I'm like, I feel like you guys are giving up, but – this guy can coach. Yeah, he was still winning. Yeah, that first year really impressed me. I'm like, you have like he could have pulled me off my couch, 35 years old at the time, and I would probably have a role and be successful in Miami. And that was the thing. I felt like that first year was was the out of the three years he coached his best year because like he just found a way to get over any kind of stump. Yes, and won games that they probably shouldn't have won. Exactly. The second year the defense was shut down and lights out, uh, but part of that was is they they spent a lot. Mm-hmm. And I mean a lot of capital on that defense. Yes, they did. Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, mm-hmm. they brought in Kyle Van Noy. They did all uh they had Emmanuel Ogba who I think they signed at some point during that 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 chain of years. You know, it's funny that you talk about this right now. I forgot Flo was there for 3 years. Yeah. I keep thinking he was there for 2. 
Yeah, well, yeah, because the forgotten year. The first year was the forgotten year. Yeah, yeah. I'm, there we go. There you go. Sorry, keep going. So yeah, so uh, they they brought in all this defensive talent, and it was good. Like yeah. so, that first. Then this year they underperformed. And I think because because they went ten and six last year, and this year they they started at one and seven. But then they stormed back and go, yeah, they and went they, on a crazy win streak. Yeah, and went end up nine and eight, and I think they barely missed the playoffs because of that whole. Because um, I forgot it was because they lost to the Colts. Something about the record that's where they couldn't get in. Like they were they were the odd team out. Yeah, they had a nine inning record. Yeah, so yeah. you know. Uh, so they couldn't make it in as the seventh seed. I I really don't think that it was the playoffs out element to it. I think it really. There, I think there's two elements. And by the way, Jake Laser had this. He said he. After what I was watching, he had the information on the Flores thing. He's like, I heard rumblings that Flores wasn't safe, but I don't buy that. Like they're doing so well, blah blah blah. And then like a week later, Flores gets fired, and I'm like, what the heck happened? Yeah, yeah. So and then I kept asking you because you're the insider. I wouldn't say insider, but I just pay attention to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're on Twitter, I'm like, Twitter was saying that, you know, he was... Are we, are we getting into that now, or are we going to wait until the... We'll touch game? more on the Flores okay, stuff. Right, yeah. In, in a, yeah, it was just a little bit of a shocker. Yeah. So we'll touch more on the... We have another episode about the lawsuit, yeah. because it's such a, a, a... There's so many elements to it, and so such an interesting lawsuit. Uh, so move over to the Giants, right? Yeah. Uh, Giants hire uh, Brian Dable. From the Bills. And, and Joe Shane from the Bills. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's a package because yeah. Joe Judge. Sorry, Mr. Judge. All right, yeah, the Joe mustard. Judge clown show is not great. <laughs> I I never saw somebody fall fall from grace so hard. Him and Matt Rule, but unfortunately, Matt Rule kept his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So sorry, Panthers fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, <laughs> I really am sorry for you because I really sorry believe, for your loss. I, I did believe in Matt year. Rule. I did believe in Matt Rule. I did too. And then it was just like, and they started out this year really nice. Yeah, and but, then I don't know what happened. And I, so I have Sam Darnold. I, I don't even blame Sam Darnold. You know why? I, I blame... They could have drafted Rashawn Slater. This is why I don't like Matt Rule. And okay. we're going on devi- deviation upon deviation. Go ahead. But Matt Rule went on a radio show and said he did not draft Rashawn Slater because he did not think he could be a laugh tackle in the NFL and he did not want to draft a guard that high. Meanwhile, first off, one, you guys needed guards. Talk about it. And two... Uh, he just played at such a high level. He made it to the Pro Bowl, I think, his first year. As uh, Hello. he was like one of the best tackles in the NFL this year as a rookie. So, so they they skipped on getting him. They draft uh, they draft a, a corner who didn't play most of this year. Even though J C Horn I, and I loved J C Horn. By did the way, did he get hurt? He did. He got yeah. Hurt. He got hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They traded assets to go ahead and get Stephon Gilmore and C J Henderson, and I don't think any of that was necessarily wrong. But like when. Here's the thing. If you think Sam Darnold's your guy... Help out Sam Darnold. Yes. Offense, yeah, that was kind of my big problem with it. It's not that I thought J.C. Horn was the wrong pick. It was the wrong pick for the team if you're trying to assess what Sam Darnold is. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're trying to make it... So instead they went with Cam Irving at tackle, which yeah. never was a good plan to begin with. Because um, he's been in the NFL for a while now, and we knew Cam Irving is not a good left tackle. Um, it got so bad for the Panthers. You bought by Cam Newton. Yeah. Well, because Sam Darnold got injured, and, and Cam Newton came back. Cam I, Newton looked good for about two games. Yeah, and, and then, then the, the backup t- quarterback that you had. P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker. Was he from the AFL? A- XFL, AFL, yeah. XFL, too. So I was like, what are you guys doing down there? Oh, and they were playing, like, ra- like a, ra- a rotation of yeah, quarterbacks? Yeah, quarterbacks. Like, they'll, they'll put in, like, one quarterback for a couple series, then they put in Cam to run, like, a power package, and then you have... I'm like... See, I didn't mind that too much, and I kind of like the idea of having, like, a second quarterback who has the athleticism stuff. Like what they do with Marcus Mariota in Oakland. I mean, the Raiders. 
Yeah, I like okay. that. Okay, well, the okay. only thing is, I don't think they use Mariota. I, I like it more when, like, so I don't like that they do this with Taysom Hill. Uh, if they had a lesser quarterback than Drew Brees back when they did this with Taysom Hill, mm-hmm. I would say what they used to do with Taysom Hill, or what they try to do now with Taysom Hill, but he's just been injured now a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't be a, a, a fullback and tight end and punt coverage and they expect me to throw the ball. Sorry. Yeah, well, he just he got he had concussions this year. He was he had a lot of injuries. So, um, with, I. I the, the Panthers, like, there's been no, like, I, both, okay, so this really all started with Joe Judge, right? Because yeah. I, I started out with saying, like, him and Matt Rule lost my respect so quickly. <laughs> I think I never, ha- I, I don't think I ever really bought in on the Joe Judge show. I think I bought in on the Matt Rule show for a little bit this I, season. I was bought on the Joe Judge show for the premise of, like, him saying, like, okay, when I watched him his first year, they were competitive. Yes. And they were getting better. They were ascending in the right direction. He was just riding Patrick Graham's coattails. And then the second season, it just felt like the Everything offense fell apart. just was like, what, what, what am I watching offensively? What was what, this? And then they fired a, a, a – um, oh, my gosh. What's his name? Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. I'm yeah. like, okay. So you fire Garrett. You kind of bring a guy in. I'm thinking to be more creative offensively. It got worse. So the whole story with Joe Judge and Jason Garrett was that the – how did that go? I wanted, I didn't know the the, the Giants ownership told him to hire Jason Garrett initially. Mm-hmm. This is why a lot of like people feel like Joe Judge got screwed a little bit was because Jason Garrett was their suggestion and then they wanted him to keep him into this year. Um there's two problems with that. One, he also had four offensive line coaches in in 2 years. It was nuts and he was on, about to be on his fifth. Yeah, yeah, he did fire his O-line coach. He fired an O-line coach in the middle of the year last mm-hmm. year, and he almost got – and they, there was a rumor that he got into a fight with him. Like, there was, like, a rumored fist fight that they almost got into. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised. They hired somebody else for the second half of the season, then they hired somebody at the end of the season. It was a mess. That team has been a mess uh, under Joe Judge. This is the same Joe Judge that had a, a scuffle during – was it during the preseason? And made him do laps or something like that? The team got into, yeah the yeah. players got into a fight with each other in camp yeah. and they, they he made them run, run laps. So there were multiple retirements in this in camp. Yes, yes. I, I've never heard of that before yeah. in the off season. Isn't um, that when Calvin Be- uh, Benjamin retired? I don't. He came, he came in. Was for he the there? Look. I maybe. I and thought he was just in. there for the muffins. Because <laughs> like, I don't know if you've seen him, but he's been. He's not, he's not a svelte man. He wasn't a svelte man to come into the NFL. <laughs> I shouldn't be fat shaming Kelvin Benjamin. It's not fair. This man, this it, man deserves our respect. It, 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 he had a really good like first two years in the NFL. I have did, no idea what the fuck happened. He just fell off the wagon, man. He he didn't work hard enough for me. But whatever. No, I think he got injured, and the he never came back from the injury. And I think he was such a dominant. It was like he was such an athletic force when he first came into the league, and then he got injured, and he just never quite came back to where he was with him and Cam. I think, what, well, I, I watch a guy on... Um, if you and then Cam got him, injured, too. You check him out, this guy's named Flemlo Raps on YouTube, and he breaks down a lot of stories about NFL players. And he was talking about Calvin Benjamin, of how, like, he relied a lot on his freakish athletic ability yeah. to get by. And then when he came into the pros, he kept relying on that, and you can't do that. You have to evolve. Well, it worked for like the first year. First or two. year, too, yeah. Man. And then he tore his ACL. Cam went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, they both came back and both kind of got injured a lot that year and just never seemed to work again. I never, I knew Cam was done was when after the Super Bowl with the Broncos and the first game of the following season when he had the rubber match. 
And when Cam took that hit, yeah, that was it for me. I was like, this guy's done. He's done. He died for the cause. I'm sorry. Yeah, so bouncing back to – so go we can go back to the, the – let's go back to the Giants, yeah. right? We, Joe Judge uh, had so many weird things that happened. Don't get me wrong. Like, Daniel Jones hurt his neck. I understand that. Yeah, um, stingers, right? I, I don't. I really don't know. I know he had to go see a neck specialist. So mm-hmm. even before this, though, the fact that you, like, I know a lot of people compl- like, complain that Joe Judge got saddled with Jason Garrett. Here's where I put the blame on Joe Judge. You came into a, an NFL coaching head coach meeting, right? You you interviewed, and you're you did not have a plan on offense. Mm. That because otherwise, if you did have a plan on offense and you had an identity that you wanted to run with. They never would have been able to saddle you with Jason Garrett. Ooh. Robert Sala had that, right? Robert Sala, when he came in for the Jets, he said, I want to marry the run with the pass and the pass with the run. He did the same spiel because why? He's with Kyle Shanahan. Ooh. He knew he was going to get some Shanahan coaches to come with him. The LaFleur brothers. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, see, this is where I think Kyle Shanahan, I think he respects his dudes. Like, he, this is why, like, I got a lot of respect for Kyle Shanahan because, like, he's supportive of Sala. He's supportive of McDaniels. I think when D'Amico goes on to be a head coach, He'll be supportive of him and let him take as many assistants as he wants. Mm. I I do believe that because I think Shanahan, I think he believes in his coaching tree. I think he likes his coaches. So he, so he's he, so he looking at him as much as line. he as much as well he already does. Yeah, like almost all these guys, like almost all these guys in the NFL are his friends. Yeah. guys who he came up with, you know, Lafleur, uh, McVeigh, McDaniel's, and again, it keeps coming back to this. But I really think, and we're going to touch on this again later on when we talk about the Flora suit. It all comes back to like there being a development program for coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, with Brian Dable, right, uh, and and the Giants, we keep deviating from this because you know the Joe Judge thing. We all know Joe Judge clown show, but he didn't have an identity. No, and that not, was the big problem. He's not ba- offensively, and truly, I think they were riding the coattails of of, of Patrick Graham's defense, doing really well that first year, and you know. Every once in a while, Daniel Jones can break a big play, or somebody broke a big play, or something good happened, and then this year, nothing went right. Nobody addressed the offensive line, and that was a bigger problem, I think. Was They never should have paid Nate Soldier. That, yes, I said That it. goes a couple years ago, though. I'm saying they this They never should have paid you, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said what I said. I, I agree. Take it how you want it. I agree, but I think it goes way beyond that right now. I, I think it goes way more more recent than that, right? So they they clearly they've had offensive line issues since Eli was there, and they've yep. never Never addressed it. it. Boy Gettleman in to help you with that. He didn't do anything either. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. I will say this. Andrew Thomas did a lot better this year. He definitely developed. He definitely played better. He's the only piece on that offensive line that's even usable. Right? They had a couple of guys that they they signed uh, they signed or traded for before the season started that were like last-minute Band-Aids. Matt Skura. They traded B.J. Hill for Billy Price, the, the, center, the failed first-round center for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know it's bad when the Bengals are trading away into your offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, because even you know now they still need them. But... Yep. So anyway, they traded for Billy Price. They uh, they traded for Ben Bredesen. I think he'll still be on the roster because he's only a second or third year guy. Um, so they'll have Ben Bredesen. They'll have Andrew Thomas. Those are the only two pieces I like as far as offensive line on that roster right now. I know they had a guy. I think it was they had a guy from two years ago. But uh, they have Gates, who they kind of liked going into the year. 
and, and then I think he got injured, so they had to figure something else out with that. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like Nate Solder came in. You know, he opted out last year. They restru- they redid his deal uh, for him to come back. They had Matt Pert. I those couldn't be neither of those could be your option at what about right Will tackle. Will Hernandez, the guy that jumped in the second round. Will Hernandez was there, but Will Hernandez has not played well, and neither has Shane Lemieux. And part of that might be that your you know your offensive line coach is not the best offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Part of it might be the scheme, the play calling. You know, you're not putting them in the most advantageous situations. Um, you know, half the season you had Mike Glennon at quarterback. That's not great. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah, Mr. You know, Daniel Jones hurt his neck, and then Mike Glennon just had too much neck. It's all. I don't know if you've ever seen his pictures. It's just all neck. It's all neck. He's just he's like this tall. Yeah. There's so so the the Giants had a lot of problems in the offensive line, but they didn't spend a single draft pick on offensive line. No. And they could have drafted Creed Humphrey last year. They they could have not. So I actually did like the fact that they traded down. I was shocked when they traded down because Dave Gettleman never traded down. Oh, that's me. Oh, that's you. Oh my god, I had a heart attack. <laughs> I'm like, where's that phone coming from? You'd be all right. I'll call him back later. Um, so yeah, Dave Gettleman had the, uh, I, I, he traded down for the first time in the history of forever and got an extra first round pick in this year's draft, top 10 pick, great move from the Chicago bears. So they could draft Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, they did miss out on Rashawn Slater. Again, a guy who the Panthers did not draft either. Um, that's all teams fault, but keep going. Yeah. So they also missed out on Christian Darisaw and, uh, and Elijah Vera Tucker, all three guys oh, have been very man. good players in the NFL so far. Shout out to Elijah Fred Tucker being on my Jets. But I'm not mad about that. Like, that I can understand, but they also... And then they drafted Kadarius Toney. And I'll say this. You know what? I like him. He played well when he played. Yes. I now, like he him. got injured. He got injured, but I, I did like, like twice him. last year. But you're right. He played really well when he got to play. I think he's going to be a piece for that offense. Because I, looking... I didn't know he was that explosive. I watched the tape. I'm like, I didn't know he was that explosive. And then, she's kind of like, yo, this guy's really so, got something in him. There, were, I, I would, say, I, I kind of knew he was explosive, but I didn't know what he would be in the NFL because that type of receiver could always be like. He, he, there was a lot of similarities to Andy Isabella. There were similarity. Now he's bigger than Andy Isabella. Andy mm-hmm. Isabella was like five nine and a little bit slighter, but he had a little bit of ju- juking and like juice skills to him, but never developed on the Cardinals. Um. But the way I look at it with uh, with Kadarius Tony is he worked right. Yeah. But then they had other picks, right? Now I love I love Aziz Ojolari. I was a huge Aziz Ojolari fan. Um, but like, okay, second round they took Aziz Ojolari over Creed Humphrey. But your big problem was offensive line. Um, third round they could have taken they could have traded up from the third round and got Creed Humphrey and jumped in front of the Kansas City Chiefs, or they could have taken another offensive lineman uh, in the third round. And they didn't. They took uh, Aaron Robinson. I, I don't know what he was for them because they, they already were nine corners deep at that point. But <laughs> regardless, listen, defensive backs are important, but still, your offensive line—you probably could have gotten somebody else. Uh, there, there's been a, there were a bunch of guys who were drafted this year who went later than that. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey Smith on the uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs went in the sixth round. <laughs> so they they had a lot of options uh, to address offensive line in the draft. Um, they cut Kevin Zeitler, so that was another piece that went in free. You know, they they were and that was their best offensive lineman last year. Talk about it. And then they get rid of him partially because of the contract situation, the cap issues. But again, you cut your best offensive lineman so you can go ahead and bring in Kenny Galladay, who didn't work on your team. 
all right, fine. And then they and then they structured these contracts so that they now were and uh, they're over the cap this year. And in fact, Joe Shane came in and he's like, "Listen, we're gonna have to fix some stuff. Uh, the offensive line is a little, you know, not the offensive the offensive line's a huge issue, and uh, the uh, the salary cap's kind of a problem. And we're gonna have to clear about forty million dollars to fifty million dollars of salary cap. How much is the cap going up this year by? It's up to two hundred and eight million dollars. And last year was that was it one seventy five? It was. I know it was real low. I think it was the floor last year. I think it was one eighty one. So, so they get an extra twenty million dollars, and now this year they're forty million above the cap. Well, yeah, because almost every team last year pushed money out to this year. Can't make it. They, up. they structured their deals so that they could push the money out. Uh, you know, and that was that was almost every team did that. They did uh, void years on the back of contracts. They restructured deals and pushed money out, and everybody did it. It, it even teams that never did it before did it, um, but even still, like okay, you did it, but you didn't get much for your money. Adoree Jackson played really well. I did like that signing. Yes, and they got him for a good deal. So I did like Adoree Jackson. I thought he went well with James Bradbury, um, but now they have to kind of clear out some cap. They're they think they're ten million over. Um, they have to figure that out. They have a lot of players they can they can cut. Or restructure. I do think they will cut a few guys or trade a few guys. So Sterling Shepard. Um, He's gone. Tore his Achilles this year. Sorry, buddy. He. I saw his recovery video. I actually screen recorded it because um, I want to save it for later on, just so like I have for another video. But he he uh, he tore his Achilles. He's doing the same treatment that uh, Cam Akers did, so maybe he'll be back quicker. Mm. I feels like this is kind of the cycle with the Achilles. They finally have a, a way of. Um, Getting that right, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But I, I do. I agree with you. I think he's gone. He's I think gone. they they drafted Kadarius Tony to, to be his replacement. Exactly. So Sterling Shepard's probably gone. Um, they could trade Kenny Galladay. I wouldn't mind it because uh, what's the guy's name? The second receiver on the squad, Darius Slayton. Yes, I think he's a he he he's a he has big balls. I'm not meaning like how he plays. He could be a number one or a, a solid number two. And you can figure out how you want to make it. But I like Slayton. Well, it also depends on how they view this team, right? If yeah. it's a rebuild year, like remember the Buffalo Bills kind of had their rebuild year mm-hmm. where they had a rest- you know, they had all these heavy contracts and they had to kind of get out from underneath the contracts. This is, I think, is what they're going to be doing. They're going to clear out a lot of cap space. James Bradbury is another uh, a candidate, 29 years old. Um, if they trade him, they can clear $13 million and somebody else can take on that contract. And they get a relatively average size contract for a decent corner a little bit older so again like you know he's kind of you know you don't know if he was kind of on the downturn last year but again if a team is looking for a starting corner in the nfl you have him right there they play you know they play that they might trade a fifth rounder or a fourth rounder for him Mm -hmm. in which case you're clearing cap space you're and you're able to now start drafting some more guys to bring in so you know bradbury's another option sterling shepherd kenny galladay is tradable um i think if they trade him right away they can clear seven and a half million if they trade him after june 1st they can clear 17 and a half million oh wow yeah well but they're also you know if they do that they're they're just basically when you the post june 1st transactions is that you're basically spreading the dead cap out across two years so that might be why they wouldn't wait till june 1st to cut sterling shepherd because they could just cut him right now they'll clear four million if they wait till after june 1st they clear eight and a half million and they spread the dead cap out over this year and next year okay they might just want to you know rip the band-aid off right now and cut sterling shepherd and not even worry about if they could spread it out because you know what they're going to probably try and roll over the money anyway so 
the, the problem with the Giants, and I always said it when he was drafted, I never believed in Daniel Jones. He never should have been drafted that high. I'm sorry. I uh, agree, I, but he, I also I, think I, that I they didn't never— see it in him. I, I also don't think he's been put to succeed at this no, point. No, he hasn't. And it's like— Like, I was not a Daniel Jones guy. No. When was he drafted? Uh, 2019. Who was in that draft cast with him? Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins. So nobody who nobody else in that draft class other than Kyler Murray really became anything. Mm, okay. Um. So and maybe Gardner Minshew was in that draft. I like him. He was a yeah, but he went in the sixth round. Yeah, no, no, hey, know, that's not the same thing. I know, but I liked him. I'm like, bro, this guy he can play. Hey, hey, listen, I think he will, he will be around the NFL for quite a while. Uh, he, I think both these guys will. Because I, I actually do think Daniel Jones, uh, is he a starter in the NFL? I no. have no clue. No, I don't think he's a starter, no. I, I honestly, up, yes. Starter, no. Uh, I don't see it. I think he will have that Ryan Tannehill second career contract resurgence. He could. Um, he get those, those damn fumbles in order. Because he actually reminds me a lot of Ryan Tannehill. Kind of athletic. Um... Not the best deep ball, but like probably can benefit from being in a good scheme and a good system. So, uh, you know, with Daniel Jones, I think they'll they'll move on from him eventually. I think they'll keep him from one more year. They'll give him an opportunity. They might even bring in Mitch Trubisky. So Brian Dable, <laughs> well, he is in Buffalo. I forgot. Yeah. So he knows the system. Yeah. So they might bring right, him in to right, tutor right. everybody to kind of be like the veteran backup to kind of help bring along the guys to kind of. Even the guys who are just in the offense. So they'll bring in that kind of a situation. They have two top ten picks. Um, Dable, listen, I thought Dable was the – I thought he was the top uh, candidate who was not a prior head coach. Yeah. I thought – Because what you did with Josh Allen. Yes. You have a history of helping develop a, a quarterback in the NFL who had toolsy traits. You you saw him develop and grow. You were an intricate part in that. Mm -hmm. He wanted to bring in Pep Hamilton. We're going to talk about David Culley in a minute. Um, Pep Hamilton, that's a guy's name has been spreading about all over the place. Pep he's been mentioned as offensive coordinator for like three different teams. I think he might get hired. Uh, well, the, the Texans, Texans. Well, the Texans. It was he's the QB coach for the Texans. Yeah. So, but they wanted him for their OC initially, or they interviewed him for it. They brought in Mike Kafka, um, who's a Kansas City Chiefs QB coach. So they're going to bring in a guy who has this. Oh, uh, no. They're bringing the QB coach, but not Eric Bieniemy as the as OC? the offensive coordinator. Yeah. I guess they could have brought in Bienemy, but most times they might have they would have probably blocked that move. Okay. All right. That's the thing. Like Bienemy is the OC. It's hard it's hard it, that's a lateral move so you need clearance for it. Meanwhile, if you're trying to hire the the QB coach going to offensive coordinator, that, that move is allowable. Okay. So uh because it's considered an upgrade in position. So I, I, it, it didn't it, used to be, yeah, but now it is. And I I didn't and speaking about uh Cully, I, I like him too as a OC or head coach, because I'm like, you had nothing in the Texans. You really had guys like you and me playing for them. And so they, brought win, a, they brought in a lot of veterans who were like cheap deal yeah. veterans. And to, to go, it was like, they won four or five games, right? They won four games, I think right? it was four games. Yeah, they yeah. won four games. And all their games were competitive again. So I'm like, Cully. They were, yeah. Their defense was really good. Yeah. You were set up to fail, but you didn't. You played. You did outstanding. Yes. Um, and if you get fired like that, I did not like that. But hey, so let's go right into that because, like, I think we kind of have the idea of Dable, you know, you know, bringing in some nice coaches. Now, right now, it sounds like Patrick Graham's going to the Raiders. Initially, yeah. he was going to be kept Dodge. on as the head coach, a, deco, a defensive coordinator. But it sounds like he wants to go join up with McDaniel's. Um, What's the history behind those two guys? They were up in New England together. Oh, really? Graham's from New England. Yeah. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's why Dable actually has a good relationship with him. So did Joe Judge, yeah. and so did Brian Flores. Mm. So initially, it sounded like he was going to come to, he was going to stay in uh, New York. I think when the lawsuit happened with Flores, I think he didn't want to seem like he was picking sides between friends. Mm. So that's my assumption of it. It's like, listen, I'm just going to go to the Raiders. I'm going to hang out with Joe Judge, and if he comes in as the special teams coordinator, and I'll get to hang out, who I came in here with anyway, mm -hmm. I'll go hang out with you know Josh McDaniels, and I'll try to develop their team. And I think that's fair. And I think he was he going to turn that whole – because the Raiders' defense, they have pieces there. They do. With, with the linebacker and the D-line and, and on the back end. So – he can turn that whole thing around. So Patrick Mahomes, look out, because you got to worry about the Raiders. You're going to have to worry about the Chargers, because they're not going anywhere for a while. You can, This is going to be the, – the, the AFC West is going to be very, very interesting yeah. in the next couple of years. Um, very interesting. And, and then he's bringing in the O-line coach from uh, – and the assistant QB coach from B Buffalo with him. So Oh, to um, – To the Giants, yeah. Okay, yeah. So guys who already know his system or what he kind of wants so to do and he has a good relationship the, the, with. The Giants are going to be like the Buffalo – Buffalo South. South, yeah. Okay. I, I And like I said, I had nothing wrong with that because I was like – And now they were going to – and they're bringing, they wanted to bring in Ken Dorsey to be the offensive coordinator, but Buffalo kind of said, listen, we're going to make him the offensive coordinator. We're going to mm -hmm. promote from within. We, we're going to kick some tires on some guys, but we want to keep them in. You know, consistency, knows Josh Allen well enough. We're going to keep Ken Dorsey. And thus, they kept Ken Dorsey, and thus, that's why Brian Dable was looking for an offensive you know, coordinator. It's funny. Um, shout out to my bros, uh, BR and uh, fellow Sikkim. They are huge Buffalo Bills fans. I mean, huge, like, they bleed that color. They, 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 they go through tables, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I remember them saying about why this season hurt them so bad because they were saying that you can understand we had to lose a lot of people. I'm like, yeah, you're right. This was there was the last. This was the last, especially coaching wise. Yeah, yeah. this was the, their last shot to have all that thing run together. Yeah, and because it ended how it did, as far as in KC, he was he he's still distraught to this day about that. You know how I think out. they'll be back. Um, I, no, Bubba's not going anywhere. Yeah, no, they're not going to go anywhere. They're 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 gonna the way how Sean McDermott has that squad. And, and fun fact, I didn't know he came from the Andy Reid coaching tree. That That's was something, what, yeah. That, yeah. I, I was shocked that he, he counted as that because I know yeah. he came up initially from Carolina. But, yeah, he was initially from uh, Andy, Andy Reid. So it's like when you saw that matchup, it was basically, you know, teacher and student going at it. And like I said, I, I believe in the Bills. They're, they're going to be a tough out for the next – 10 years. It didn't help that Trey White tore his ACL yeah, earlier in the season. I think that would have helped that defense. Yes, they lost uh, each team lost the safety. I think Tyron Matthew went down and yeah, so did uh and did Micah was it Micah High that went down at one no, point I during that game he, or Poyer? One no, of them they, went down I thought in that game for a little bit. Back, oh, he did? Yeah, they came back. So looking at, you know, the whole So this moves to Cully, right? Yeah, Cully. You, you weird firing. Him, very weird firing because I'm like, you only had one season to make this happen. But, dude, the job he did, he deserved a second chance. So when the news broke that they were looking to move on from Cully, there was a lot of talk that it was about the – they wanted to make changes to the offensive staff, right? Mm -hmm. Now, they didn't really leak out what that was. Yeah, I heard about that story, but go ahead. But the two people who got fired were David Cully and Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator. Yes. We just talked about Pat Hamilton. Yep. Pat Hamilton was the QB coach there. Mm -hmm. Pat Hamilton's been interviewing for almost every offensive coordinating uh, offensive coordinator opening because he has helped develop Justin Herbert, Davis Mills, 
uh, Andrew Luck. Yep. So he's got a lot of names behind him that he had helped Ham- develop. Hamilton's one of those guys I'm like, he's really good. Because I'm like, this is the same guy who brought up Andrew Luck. Yeah. And you saw what he did with that kid in, in, in Texas where they had no business having that kid on the field, to be honest. But you, you have what you have. You do what you do. And, you know, here you go. So my theory is, is that Casario asked Cully to fire Tim Kelly and promote Pep Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And he said no because he's loyal to his guys. And if I came to you and told you to fire your friend who you brought in and helped, came in here with you and was trying to, you know, fought with you to yeah. outperform, and I told you to fire him as your boss, you'd be like, no, fire me too, yeah. right? And I would do the same. Like, I would be like, no, you're not firing my buddy Kev. You could fire me as well. And then you fire me as well and you hire Kev. I'm like, what the heck happened here? <laughs> Damn it. That's actually kind of what happened because they hired Lovey Smith to be the head yeah. coach. Yes, yes. Who, who was the defensive coordinator yes. who came in with David Culley. And, uh, and this is why I'm like, I'm not so mad about the Texans job. But at the same time, I'm like, shit. Well, here's why people were annoyed with it. Because there was a lot of rumors that they were going to hire Josh McCowan. That, I did not. Why? Why? So here's so I know a lot of players who have said they do believe that Josh McCown will be a head coach one day who yeah. who play with Josh McCown. Yes, but you, you're just getting fast tracked over. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. And I think that I think the Texans it's the same thing with Zach Taylor. When Zach Taylor became the, the head coach at the Bengals, I think the way the Bengals looked at it was. We can hire him now, and we can watch him grow. We know this is going to be a growing experience, and it's going to suck. But at least by the end of it, we will have our head coach. And now they're in the Super Bowl with Zach Taylor. But the Browns have always been cheap, so I don't trust the Browns. The Bengals. The ba- I mean, the Bengals. Sorry. <laughs> the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I think there was an idea with like, – I think the way they think of it is, is they with the Josh McCowan thing – I think they want to get Josh McCown before he goes somewhere else. Now, it sounds like they're going to bring him in as an offensive assistant or some kind of assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they really just believe in his future. I get that. I, I, From what I understand from players who've played with Josh McCowan, um, there's always been a belief that he will eventually be a head coach in the NFL. Something um, like that Jim Harbaugh kind of thing? When you're a player coach? Yeah, like okay. because uh, uh, Andrew Hawkins played with him. uh uh, Joe Thomas played with him, and that was something they said early on, before everybody was paying attention to them. Like Josh McCowan and Mike McDaniel's were two guys that they named off like early on when they started podcasting. The is a, is a Hawk. What's the show called again? Tomahawk Show. Tomahawk Show. Yeah. Or yeah. now it's called the Tom and Hawk Show. Okay, Tom and Hawk Show. Okay. I guess because the, the the original name is owned by a different company now <laughs> when they started it, so they're like, "Well, we got to change the name." So we'll see you later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like if we change this to Draft and Vice, even though yeah. that makes still no no sense anyway. Um, but anyway, so I think there's two elements to it, and I think eventually they said, "Well, why don't we do, we have a Super Bowl? You know, we have a, we have a head coach who's been to a couple of playoff games in a Super Bowl. He's got a nice beard." Why don't we just make Lobby Smith the head coach, and we'll bring Josh McCowan as an assistant or something, and he can develop or whatever, and we'll see where it goes from there. And I think that's what they ended up deciding at the end. I know that you know, but in, but it was so weird because there was never any mention of Lobby Smith. No, because they were talking about um, until like the last two days. They were talking about Flores and McCown. Flores, McCown, and the guy from uh, Patriots. Oh my God, the, it was on the, the coaches up there. Oh my God, was the, the guy who's now who is now with the Eagles, the deep coordinator. Yeah, uh, yeah, Josh Gannon. Again, yeah, no, no. Uh, um, He's a player for, for uh, Belichick. What's his guy name? Gerard Mayo. Oh, Mayo was mentioned early yeah, on. Yeah, Mayo was He was one of the first interviews, but he wasn't a finalist. Okay, okay, all right. Gannon was a finalist, the D coordinator for the Eagles. Yeah, and they told him no. 
Yeah, they told him no today, yeah, and that today. was the first inkling of everybody going like, well, what's going on? Are they hiring yeah. McCown or Flores? And then they said, Lovey Smith, and everybody's like, that was an option? Yeah. We didn't know that was an option. I was like, like I was like, you hit the, the, the answer on the test somewhere. We didn't know <laughs> this was going on. And, and this is the thing about Lovey Smith. I, I've been saying this for years. He should have never gotten fired from Chicago. Well, he was ten he and six his last year. It's kind of weird to fire somebody like in their last year when he, they have. He never should have got fired. This is the same guy that brought Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl. The only thing I'll say about that is like Rex Grossman. He was guys, there for a long time. He was, but he brought Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl. Rex, you hear what I said? I think sometimes Rex Grossman. But you never, you ever realize? You know, like people are dating for a while and they're like, you know what? Like I see that sexy woman at the bar. You know, like I could get that. It's like, it's why guys <laughs> cheat on their wives. That was it. Chicago was cheating on Lovey Smith, and they forgot. Like, oh, we had it good the whole time. They did. And then we went with Mark Tressman and oh, like other weirdos oh, and John Tressman. Fox oh, and Matt Nagy. God. Matt Nagy. Oh, and now they got Brian Eberflus yeah. uh, with Ryan Poles as their uh, GM after they fired Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Ryan, P- Ryan Pace had to go. You, I think both those guys kind of had you, to go. Although Ryan Pace, I'll give him one bit of credit. He did pick Justin Fields. He made yes. the they he made, made the obvious choice that everyone really wanted because you pass on Patrick Mahomes for Mitch Trubisky. We're not going to go down that route. I'm yeah, not we're it. not relitigating nope. the twenty sixteen, nope. the twenty seventeen no, NFL we're not, draft because I, it's going to hurt you Bears fans. It's going to hurt. I'm going to make sure it hurts. Whatever, they fixed it. They got Justin Fields, right? And I actually do like Justin Fields. So do I. Actually, the weird thing is, is I think that's that's another one of those players where you look at Matt Rule and you go, what are you doing? Or you look at the Broncos and go, why didn't you get this guy? Whatever. It, it is what it is. Yep. But Lovey Smith never should have got fired from the Bears. And then when he went to Tampa, it was like, you're in no man's land. Yeah, Josh McCown is his quarterback. Which, like, I feel like we just talked about him 10 seconds ago. <laughs> It's the same guy that destroyed your career. Now you're going to bring him as your, as one of your. Well, sports. I don't think he destroyed his career. Josh McCown. Josh McCown got injured in that 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 first year. Okay, but it, it didn't pan out for you. Yeah. So like, that's why they had shafted. to play. They had to play Mike Lennon. Yeah, you got shafted in Tampa, and then that, after that, that was it. I'm like, how can a guy who goes from ten to six in Chicago had an excellent time over there, goes to Tampa, you you don't have much to work with, and then never get hired again. And then now, on a whim, you're hired as a head coach. I'm telling you, watch. You want my words. If well, you think the Texas was bad, was 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 competitive last year, you wait till this year. Well, especially if they, they figure out the offense, if they figure out how to make it competitive. And yeah. I also, you know, a big part of their offseason this year is going to be what happens with Sean Watson. Yeah, yeah. What what kind of compensation do they get if they trade him? Well, uh, where does he go? Well, you know, previously everybody thought Miami, and now it's clearly not going to be Miami. I so, say Steelers. Yeah, I guess that's an option. Steelers, that might be the Denver. only option kind of left if they're well, because they've shown they're okay with Roethlisberger. If you're okay with Roethlisberger, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> if you were okay with Roethlisberger, <laughs> I mean, like, let's be real. Like Deshaun Watson just wanted his winky touched by massage yeah, and by a masseuse. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I get it. You know, Big Ben was was putting people in corners. Like, yeah, we'll be tag. So, like, yeah, Steelers weren't too bad with that stuff. No, they, they weren't. So, mm, okay, so Pittsburgh, Denver, I'm looking at. Um, I don't know how Denver feels with that. Denver might, well, especially because Denver's selling the, you know, with the selling of the team kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, Saints could look into his way, Deshaun Watson's way. Eagles were rumored. Eagles, yeah. They apparently he apparently said no to the Panthers, but we never know that could change in the future. 
I don't trust. It's the weird, Panthers. dude. It's so weird that there's a lot of negative opinion out there about the Panthers. Uh, maybe part of it came from Teddy Bridgewater not liking being with the Panthers. I know he said that there was like something with the practices. Mm. They didn't practice enough uh, two minute and uh, red zone. Um, that was a big complaint of his. So maybe it's something to do with that. Maybe it's just nobody believes in Matt Rule right now. Um, you know. And, and with the Panthers, it's another team that's had a lot of turnover, especially this year. They fired three people at the end of the year. They fired Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, in the middle the same, of the year. The same guy that was from LSU doing all that work comes to the NFL, and he can't make it happen. Yeah, and I think he just got, he's the QB coach now up in uh, Buffalo. Yeah, he just got hired, yeah. Yeah. So, with Lovey Smith, I, I kind of like the, the hire. Um you know, with the the Bears, Bears bring in Matt Eberflus. That was a weird one. But yeah. it, but he's been rumored to be, like, a big finest in a lot of these head coaching gigs for a while. They bring in Ryan Poles from the Chiefs, uh, former offensive lineman. Clearly, uh, you know, I, I don't think he had the uh, – you know, sometimes you watch a lot of these, like, press conferences, and you go, wow, that guy's a really good public speaker. And then you see Ryan Poles, and you go, all right, he's young, he's new, he doesn't do this very often. He's, you know, he didn't expect he'd have to do a, a like a, a public like. But he was a finalist for a lot of gigs. Mm. So what's funny is like for me is like so he definitely is like a good interviewer. Yeah. And clearly had a plan for how to address the whole situation. And I, I don't I don't know what made him pick Eberflus necessarily, but it clearly it, it was supposedly his choice to go with Eberflus. I was hearing rumors about that. Um. Like, there was some kind of, like, discrepancy between who wanted who. Yeah, and I was hearing about he was supposed to bring up um, your boy from KC, uh, the enemy, and never got a look into that at all. And Andy Reeves was really upset about it. I, I was hearing rumblings about, like... See, I never... So I, I knew him. Like, I knew him. In, like, he was in KC. Yeah, he was in KC, and... And it was weird that him. I never heard anything about the enemy having an interview there. No. And then... Uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Polian wanted them to go with Jim Caldwell. Yeah. And the, I think the so ownership. the head coach, too, that, that should, get, has, should have a job right now, but he doesn't have one. Jim Caldwell, hello. It, yeah, I never understood the whole thing with Jim Caldwell. He also had a weird he had a weird thing that happened with him in Miami yeah, with yeah, Flores. Yeah, with Flores. Yeah, like health-wise, it wasn't conducive for something like that. There was something that went on down there, yeah, and, and he, like he some of the away. stories, it's you know, it was strictly health, and some of it might have been like, you know, maybe he just didn't want to be there anymore with Flores. Like, you know, because – so I don't know what the whole deal was with that whole thing. Like maybe it was like he just didn't want to be in Miami, or mm-hmm. like, again, there was a health – again, there's a lot of talk about his health. But now in the rumors out there about your health. Yeah. Look, remember what happened to a fucking uh, Kubiak? Yeah. He passed out in the middle field. Remember, it was, he had a stroke or something, right? But like halftime, he just fell out. Yeah, and then the same thing with Zimmer. Like, Zimmer had something with his eye. Uh, he had yeah. a lot of health yeah. things yeah, going yeah. on. So at a certain point, teams don't want to necessarily invest in somebody who they don't know is going to be, like, not fully committed for a long time, yeah. health-wise. That's why when I looked at Urban Meyer getting hired, for the Jags, I'm like... All comes back to Urban. Could he last that long? Because how many times you heard Urban say, I, I get burnt out, and my health, my health, because you want it so bad. I'm like, do you know where you're going? You're going to the NFL. This is not where it's college where, you know, ha, 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 and maybe, you know, you, you do, guys have got mortgages to pay. So you we have... Some difference between the, the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Could you last in the NFL? And you couldn't. So we have a couple more to do. Yeah. We have the Raiders. We have, technically have uh, – we never really touched on the Jaguars hiring of um, Doug Peterson. Doug, Doug P. Now, let's go into Jack. Can we go to Jacks real quick? Yeah. Okay. So, Bulky, 
you bumbling idiot. You, why are you there? Why are you there as the as, he's GM, right? Yeah, technically. Okay. So, but I think they figured out a workaround. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I heard that they who they hire. They haven't hired him yet because what happens is they when you want to when you want to go ahead and add more executive positions in the NFL, you have to apply to the front. You have to tell the NFL front office there's a procedure involved, and then you have to go through all the same rules you would have with hiring executives in the NFL. Uh, especially higher up executives like team president, where you have to follow the Rooney rule, you have to do all that kind of stuff. So, um, which you know we'll talk about a little bit later in the in the, uh, the Flores episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, th- there is a rumor that they're hiring Rick Spielman. Yep, and I think that's the workaround that made them hire um, Doug Peterson. In yep. fact, if Spielman stayed with the Vikings, the rumor was he would have hired Doug Peterson mm. to come in with the Vikings. I think this is a better situation for. Both people involved. First yep. off, because um, bulky, bye bye. Spielman thought he was staying with the Vikings, but he might get a. Uh, there was rumors that he might get uh, pushed up pushed the ladder, up, yeah. and he'd be a president, and they bring in a separate GM, kind of like what they did with Elway in Denver mm-hmm. and George Patton. So now he comes down to Jacksonville, gets to retire in Florida, hang out, get to do his job. No down state there. income tax. Yeah, man, get paid a little bit extra. Brings in Doug Peterson, who. Previously has had a history of developing these quarterbacks. Yep. Uh, you know, was with Carson once in Indianapolis, and I think can run a very good system. That I think no, his Philly. in Philly. Sorry, yeah. Well, Carson Wentz is currently in Indianapolis with Reich. I yeah, I, I forgot where Wentz was and Peterson is. That's all it is. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Um, so yeah, he he had a you know he he's now down in Jacksonville. But I think that system that he ran with Wentz would work perfectly. This RPO mm-hmm. heavy system with Trevor Lawrence, with Trevor Lawrence, I think would work very well there. And I and I believe what is what's I think he's happier now in Jacksonville is uh, they think they give him the option to hire his own guys down there, right? Yeah. So that was the thing when he was with the Eagles, he really he couldn't wa- hire nobody. Yeah, that, I think we talked about it last year yeah. when he got fired. Yeah, was. He was not really in charge of his own coaching staff. Nope. They started giving him that freedom like after the Super Bowl. He started wanting that. Then they pushed him to fire guys. It was a very tumultuous relationship mm-hmm. in Philly. Now he's with Jacksonville, and they're saying, listen, you can be in charge of your own staff. Um, and now he's going to have his own guy in the front office ahead of Balky, mm-hmm. essentially what it sounds like. Bye-bye, Balky. That's what it sounds like. So Balky's going to be in there, but now it sounds like he's really not going to have as much of a say. This is why, so like, we heard a lot of rumors about Leftwich two weeks ago going yep. there, and there was a lot of talk about maybe Leftwich was going to go there, and they bring in a guy, uh, they bring in Wilson from the uh, the Arizona Cardinals, and he come in with his own guy. Mm-hmm. By the way, Leftwich is a guy who, I, of all the guys who gets rumored for head coach gigs, he's the top of my list of guys that I, I can't wait to see because I hear so many good things about him. Yes. Especially from Brady. Yep. And now, granted, I know Adam Gase got the same thing, but it just sounds different. No, no, it, the story's different listen, on listen, this. Listen, 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 listen. Adam Gates, don't bring his name up anymore. Please. Can we just erase him out of the history books? But, okay, so like I, the reason why I wanted Please. to reference that is because that does get thrown in. The, like, if you mention Leftwich and what Brady says about him, although what happened with Leftwich and Brady was – He's the one who helped adapt the offense in Tampa Bay to what Brady does well and mm-hmm. adding more play action and adding a little making it like just in making the offense better. So basically he worked for his best of his abilities. So he worked with Brady to make the best out of Brady. Yeah. And, and make a, and integrate him within the Arians offense and, and adjust Arians offense to what, what Brady does. This is, this is what I'm talking about. This is what makes good head coaches. This yes. makes good coaching. Instead of you bringing a guy to make your system work for you, no. 
let's see what he does well, and let's exploit that out of that guy. Instead of just being about me, be about him. Yeah, so they ran more play action. They utilized a lot more of the short passing game. They still had a lot of good deep balls in there. Um, and don't get me wrong, that was a very talented team yes. in Tampa Bay. Very much talented. Uh, but again, like Leftwich did adjust it to allow for them to kind of utilize the talent much better. And I just like what I've heard about Leftwich in his time in Tampa Bay. And, you know, even. Well, he's, he's going back now, right? Well, uh, yeah, he's going back to Tampa now. Yeah. But again, I wanted to see him there. I wanted to see him get hired this cycle. I think he'll get hired next cycle if there's if this is the last of the head coaches that get hired. Um, it, I don't know if there's any more. I know we're going to talk about the Saints, the Raiders, and I think that's it. Um, so they move on. They, instead, they guess decide to go with Peterson because I think it was easier to hire Spielman. You don't have to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't going to keep on delaying your process. And like, not for nothing, you're hiring a Super Bowl winning head coach. Yep. So that one with a backup QB, mind you. Yeah. So I I kind of do give him credit there, where it's like, okay, if you're talking about the retreads. You kind of picked the best retread. Yep. A guy who took a year off, was an offensive head coach, went to the Super Bowl, was constantly in the playoffs with Carson Wentz, with mm-hmm. that Eagles team. So That I, almost made Carson Wentz become an MVP that year, too. Yeah, so I, I could see the system working very well for Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. They And, and Dougie P can finally get his own guys in there. That's what, I think that's what all he really wanted was his own guys in there. And the fact that in Philly you couldn't get that. He said, the hell with it. And so I look at this team, and I, I look at it and go, they have a number one overall pick again. They have a lot of good pieces there, especially on defense. Josh Allen, they have a lot of pieces they spent in free agency last year. If they get the right defensive coordinator down there, I'm kind of happy with whatever they do. Um, who, who are they looking for? I haven't. I don't know if they've officially announced anybody for the D coordinator position. I'd love Vic Fangio for there. I think Vic Fangio was going to be the D coordinator there if Leftwich took the job. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sound like that's the case. I think now it's sounding like Vic Fangio is going to go to Miami. Feels like every day with, with Vic McDaniels? Fangio. Yeah, with McDaniel. That'd be nice. So yeah, I think um, he'd still carry the mantle down there. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I think that might fit Byron Jones better. Yeah, is that Vic Fangio scheme? Because you know a lot more zone coverage, a lot of, you know being able to face the ball. He's kind of like his abilities kind of fit that scheme better. So and I, that's why I kind of liked him for Jacksonville too, especially if they were going to draft Aiden Hutchinson with number one overall. Now you get to you know add that to uh, Josh Allen. Maybe go ahead and sign uh, Akeem Hicks. You have Caleb on chase line. You have a lot of good pass rushers on that roster. Um, it's not the case right now. Instead, they're going different directions with it, or at least as far as we know. Um, but again, like I, I think there's some light at the end of the tunnel for Jacksonville. Again, you're getting a Super Bowl winning head coach. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a lot of say in who he brings in. Mm-hmm. That's the team I think. If if Chris Godwin does not stay in in Tampa Bay, I think I would love to see him in Jacksonville. Oh wow, that would be wow. You're really thinking so. Head of the curve. That'd be nice. Yeah, I would like Godwin and Jacksonville. I don't think they're going to keep DJ Chark. I just don't uh, think he fits with the team. I don't know if he wants to be there anymore. I think he's burnt out. Um, because based on how he was talking on Twitter, he was not a fan of what was going on down there. And, and Well, uh, Urban the whole, Meyer. The whole organization. He didn't like it. Urban Meyer rubbed him the wrong way yeah. and like called him soft. And he got injured this year. And you're coming back from injury. Um, he didn't rule it out coming back. But he didn't sound like he was over eager to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes and, you need a new place. Yeah, and I, listen, I have a couple of choice options for him as well. So uh, you know, when we get closer to free agency, I, I think there's some fits for him to go to. 
Um, teams that might be looking for wide receivers that could, I think, fall within his contract price if that's what the range he's looking for. To me, he 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 is a good receiver. Oh, I like him. I think he's he's you an know, excellent guy because I like for a guy that to, to run what he had to run with beforehand before getting Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he was a stud. Yeah, he had well, he's had one one thousand yard year. Is his second year. His sec his third year. You know that was the year where they basically were running towards the Trevor Lawrence pick. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, listen, like, you know, he had some injuries that year as well. His quarterback was Gardner Minshew, which his quarterback was Gardner Minshew the year that he did well, though. Exactly. So, you so, know. So I'm not, I'm not, but I'm it, not crapping on Minshew because I, I like him as a quarterback. Yeah, so we'll see what ends up happening. I, you know, I think he's got some options. Um, Could you match him in Washington? Uh, I don't Who's throwing to him in Washington? He's, you still got Taylor Heineke. I like Taylor Heineke, you guys. I like him. Uh, so that show I'm on, the one show, Face Off of Face Mar, has a lot of Washington fans. Uh-huh. I think everybody's off on Heineke at this point. Really? He, he did not play well this year. It was uh, the second year. But again, he was like he was a, he was a street free agent. He has one more year on the contract. I think they have to have another answer beyond Heineke, whether it's just like they draft somebody and they sit him behind Heineke, um, whether like they, they take Malik Willis or Pickett or somebody else in this draft that they maybe like. Um, I think they have to address something because again, like I like a lot of the weapons on that roster. Yeah, Terry McLaurin's amazing. Oh, so, hey, hey. Um, Diami Brown year two might be pretty good. Logan Thomas, he had some injuries this year. I don't know about Logan Thomas this year. Uh, I mean, they got to move on from him because he gets too hurt for me. Well, it's one year. I, you know, we'll see what happens. He's also, you know, again, older prospect switching to the tight end yes. position because he was a quarterback before that. Yep. Uh, Antonio Gibson like mm-hmm. him a lot. Who doesn't? Um. Uh, they never really got the use out of Curtis Samuel in Washington. Nope. So because he came in limping. But yeah. So uh, let's let's jump back to the coaching candidates. We're starting <laughs> to deviate already into the Washington and free agency and all that stuff. Um, Raiders and then Saints and I think that's about it for for all the we went through a bunch. I think yeah. we're almost at an hour and a half already for this. <laughs> Um, Raiders. Raiders hired Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler from the New England Patriots uh, to be New England Patriots West because it's been done so many times before and it's worked out for everybody who has not done it named Bill Belichick. How many times? That, when will you guys listen to us as fans? When? Actually, to be fair, the one time it has worked. is Flores. Okay, two times it's worked. It's Vrabel. Vrabel, as a player, bringing in John Robinson from, from uh, New England. But yeah, that's the one time it's actually kind of worked. It doesn't work because they're not Coach Bill. I don't know how any team can hire this guy, Josh McDaniels. Did you see what he did with, Indi- with, the, with the Colts? Did, did you guys forget about that? Do, do, do I have to say what he did? He took a job and said, ah, no thanks for the facts. He didn't even call him. He did you with a fax machine. That's like, that's like texting somebody, I broke up with you. Who does that? So... And then that's not even to say all of his the stuff that happened in Denver. In Denver too, like. But why? to be fair, like his first season in Denver, he wasn't that bad. His second season, it, the thing that really made it ran him out of town with Denver was his personality. Yeah, yeah, he was he was, he was a douche. And in fact, that was part of his press conference. He, you know, another guy whose press conference didn't come off as like Brian Dable had a really good press conference. Like I, I would recommend people go watch that. Very nice, like kind of him and Hackett. And I hope Mike McDaniel will also probably have a good one. I think Mike Daniels have like have like a a forever worthy press conference. Yeah, so those it's guys that that Jim Moore like playoff rant like 
It could be on that kind of level. I, I Dayball that. was very off the cuff. It was very good. I okay. liked his a lot. He was very off the cuff. It was maybe my favorite one I watched. That and Hackett's were both very good. But 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 Josh McDaniel, like, I don't see what people see in this guy. I I, I don't get it. Like, I well, I will never trust him again. So I guess the way they look at it is like he helped develop uh, Mac Jones. Jones. He you know. Seeing him with both Brady and Jones being successful, some of the stuff they did last year when they had Cam Newton and okay, all the stuff so, going on. So basically, they're looking at his track record as an OC. Yeah, and okay. they're saying, okay, yeah, yeah. So maybe you've developed more as a person. Maybe you can be a little bit, a bit less ingratiating as a as a personality. We're gonna have somebody else in charge of the of uh, drafting and the roster and everything with so Dave Ziegler. So basically, he doesn't have total control. Yeah, Ziegler's going to be the one who's the front office guy. Okay, all right, all right. So they're bringing him in. Uh, I believe they're also bringing in – who was it Champ Bailey they're bringing in to be the the assistant GM? Really? Champ Bailey? The cornerback? I think so. I, somebody – that would be fun. A former player is br- being brought in as assistant GM. I thought it was with the Raiders. It might be – it's either the Raiders or the Chicago Bears. Uh, we'll we'll yeah. look into that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, you know, like – Dave Ziegler has been credited a lot with the talent overhaul in New England. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Gruden years have been very bad to the Raiders roster. They have some good pieces there. They do, I, I, but like the things with Cleveland Farrell, Jonathan Abrams, oh, trading with Cleveland Mack, um, Amari Cooper, oh, Henry Ruggs, oh, Damon man. Arnett. Okay, 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 okay. Which is why Mike Mayock got fired. Okay. And I, John. also Mike Mayock was basically always going to be the fall guy for John Gruden yes, anyway. We get so it. when I'm John sorry. Gruden got fired, Mike Mayock lost his lifeline and he was gone too. But the thing with the Raiders was the Pasachia fellow, I thought was like, this guy is doing a fantastic job. Like, why would you get rid of him? If, if like, I get it. I'm not an owner, and I can't say, you know, say for safe for whomever, but the dude did work. The one thing I'll say is what, what seems to be the trend now is the GM and the head coach having cohesion. Yes, a pair. And everybody they've interviewed that came in for the head coach and GM jobs came in as pairs. So Bisashi didn't have a pair? Did you, you trying to tell me? He was his own guy. Like he was, the, uh, he was the only one who really wasn't, I think, associated with somebody. There were two other inter- There was a few other interviews they had, mm-hmm. but of the ones that they brought in to do the interviews with, the everybody had a pair of a GM and a and a, and a coach. Ed Dodds, I think, had a Ed Dodds from the Colts was brought in for a GM interview. I forgot who. I think maybe his guy was Eberflus. It might have been somebody else. Mm-hmm. He had a you know like everybody who came in to interview had their their guy. Mm. Um. Also, if say they were going to go the route of just hiring a GM and keeping Pisaccia, mm-hmm. you're always going to have the lame duck thing kind of go on, which is, you know, are, is Pisaccia, you know, going to be here for one year, two years, permanently? Who who are we bringing in as the GM to do that? Is that person going to be okay with that? Is that person always going to have it in the back of his head that they want to move on from Pisaccia? And in which case, like, how do you address that issue? Uh, so I think that was kind of why they didn't stick with Passaccia. I agree. I probably would have given him a year, but a lot of times you don't have that time, right? Okay. And, uh, you know, usually when you're, you know, especially if you're drafting, you're drafting for a specific scheme. So say the plan, say they brought in Ziegler and they were going to wait on McDaniels to bring in McDaniels and they were going to go Ziegler and Passaccia. 
Ziegler would have to draft people for whatever Bisaccia is running with Greg Olson as the coordinator and um, Gus Bradley as the D coordinator and guys fitting that scheme. And then say those guys don't match Mm -hmm. what you would eventually do with Josh McDaniels. Mm. So there's good, there's good points to both sides. You know, it is what it is. I I agree kind of, but I also agree with the other direction. this This guy, they loved him. So when I see players loving, like, they really, really thought this was their guy. I'm like, keep it going. At least for one more season. But I understand what you're saying that because you might lose Josh McDaniel to somebody else. Yeah. Next year or this year. Yeah, you never know, who, never know. where that guy's so, going to take a job somewhere yeah, else. So I, so. I, I get it. Um, the last one, I believe, was Dennis Allen. Right? Yeah, the Saints. Which, I, I'm sorry, anybody who interviewed for that job, you were a lame duck because I, I originally thought that Dennis Allen was going to be the head coach anyway. Because remember they had that thing Dallas had to play against the Bucks without Sean Payton because he had caught COVID. Yeah, and he was the the and, interim and, guy, and he was the interim guy. He did a fantastic job. So I'm like, why upset the apple cart? Because I I honestly believe Sean Payton needs a year off. He's probably burnt out. That's the thing. If they wanted to bring Sean Payton back, the gonna, easiest way to bring him back is with his own guys there. Exactly. So I I don't think I think this is where one of those things where like Payton's probably saying I'm burnt out. I need a break. I'm stressed out. Give me a year or two off, and then I'll come back. And you, I have my seat. I have everything here. Whereas if they had hired somebody like say Leftwich, yep. Okay, now you're doing the David Cully thing. Yep. Well, we're giving you one year, and we might fire you even if you do well. Yeah. Which isn't fair to David Cully. No. So, and, and or Leftwich. Leftwich. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It's not fair to anybody. Exactly. With with Allen, he's kind of probably more in the know of like. He knows Peyton. He knows where this is all going to go. If Peyton wants to come back in a year or two, if he's going to be the fall guy for his buddy, you know, he probably has a better idea of where everything's going. He has an idea of the roster. He, you know, Pete Carmichael Jr. actually turned down the head coach opportunity. He didn't even interview. He's the offensive coordinator there. We'll get to see him get to be the OC long term. Mm-hmm. I'm actually shocked Joe Brady didn't go back there, but I guess apparently he had some kind of falling out when he left. Mm-hmm. Um, when he left Peyton's staff. so But again, so now you're going to have Pete Carmichael Jr. being the OC there um, under Dennis Allen. Unless things change, which I don't know, but Pete Carmichael Jr. has been like, you know, the offensive coordinator since, you know, for a long time, like six years. Oh. He's gotten like two head coaching interviews in, in six years. So. And, he never, and he never took it. I only gave her made it in the next round, or okay. he, very rarely is his name ever mentioned. Because again, you know, it's the same thing with uh, enemy where people go like, "Is he the?" You know, same thing with Peterson. Peterson didn't get interviewed for a long time, mm-hmm. and he was the the, the assistant to, to Andy Reid. A lot of it is is people look at it and they go, "Well, like you never called plays. What am I basing my analysis of you on? So what what makes that name pop up on your desk?" So Pete Carmichael Jr. His name really never popped up on anybody's desk. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard him maybe interviewed twice for jobs in the last, like, six years. So, I and it sounds they, like he turned down the opportunity to be the head coach here. So, it sounds like they had a plan going. I, I think Payton's coming back. Yeah, I, I agree, too. I think so. I, I, don't, I don't think it's his long time. I think it's one of the things where he's burnt out. He wanted to promote his movie. Yeah, and... With Kevin James. He's, he, he needed You'd retire, too, if Kevin James played you in a movie. No, you retired too, if I had James Winston as my quarterback. We're not going to get there. <laughs> I'm not Dude, gonna... I wanted to see the rest of this year with James Winston as the quarterback. But... I do, too. And but... maybe that's the plan also, is to strip down the roster this year 
let somebody else take the fall for it because, like, hey, you know what? I, you know, maybe Dennis Allen doesn't want to be a head coach, or maybe he does. I don't know. Maybe we'll see what ends up happening there. But maybe they start stripping down this roster, trading away like older pieces, like Cam Jordan's now a little bit older. Some team could trade for him and get him for a thirteen million dollar year salary. Um, meanwhile, that clear his salary off the books. So they can maybe try to fix some of their their salary issues, you know, move on from Michael Thomas, maybe draft a few younger receivers. Yeah, Michael Thomas, one of those players, I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do with him. Just been injury the last two years. And then, like, a little bit of, like, I don't Character know. issues. Yeah, it seems like there's a little bit of salt going on. He seems yeah. to not really enjoy being there anyway. So yeah, I think so. maybe they move on from him. Yeah, His contract's a little bloated. So – you know, I think they'll move on from Michael Thomas. That'll clear $20 million off of it. Maybe not. Maybe they keep him. Maybe they all come to an agreement. But, uh, you know, when he moves on and goes somewhere else, we'll, we'll figure it out then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I, I agree. I think Sean Payton comes back. I think that was the all the head coaches. Dennis Allen, Eberflus, Quasin O'Connell. Yeah, that was all of them. Um, so, yeah, any final thoughts on any of these head coaching hires? You know, like, I'm happy Lovey Smith finally got a job. Yeah, I'm, it was weird just, it took this long. I'm just – I have my eyes raised if it's going to last a long time with the Texans. Again, I think it's more along the lines of if you do what we say – like I think Cauley would still be there if he had fired Tim Kelly. Mm. And that's that's something that I don't know is getting mentioned enough is that it, it, there was clearly a discussion there about that. Mm-hmm. And that was the initial rumors when those like final, you know, when that breakup happened, it had to do with changes on the coaching staff. But the only change that came was getting rid of Tim Kelly mm. and promoting Pep Hamilton. So I don't know why. Well, because I like Pep Hamilton. I always thought he should get a head coaching job someplace too. Cause I'm like, you, you, you. I think he will. Up. I think he will eventually. And it was like, hello. And that's why they want him to be the OC there and be like, okay, like. We get a little bit of, like, credit for that. Like, okay, you came up through our ranks. Somebody, you know, whatever quarterback we have for right now, maybe, you know, they do their own Josh Allen thing. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's this year or next year. You know, whether they take a quarterback this year, take a quarterback next year, or figure something out. Um, The Texans have a weird situation. It sounds like they're going to trade Laramie Tunsil. We know they're already talking about trading Deshaun Watson. They're going to trade Laramie Tunsil? Well, he didn't play for most of this year, and the, you know, like cool. they had decent production. A little, well, they didn't have a great offense, but their offensive line wasn't horrible. So like I said, they, they also just lost their offensive line coach, James Camp, and went over to the Carolina Panthers. I, I, the, the, the Texans, to me, is one of those teams where they can turn heads because they were competitive. Yeah, on on both sides of the ball, especially on defensively, they're defense. They're, they were they were hellacious defensive. I'm like, damn, for a team that has nothing, they they play hard. Well, I do remember the offseason. They spent a like they did brought in a lot of like cheap veteran contracts. Like they brought in Christian Kirksey. They brought in like uh, a lot of like former Browns, like guys who were like the okay with Eric Murray and uh, who was the corner that was there, Terrence Mitchell, guys who were like, but mostly like zone guys, guys who can all fit in this Tampa two scheme that they were running. That's what Lovey Smith runs. Yeah, so it, it worked out. Like it yeah. made the, the defense kind of worked. Um, we'll see where the like the next steps on that defense go. I know they had Shaq Long. They they trade uh, they traded away Bernardrick McKinney. Um, you know last year they let go JJ Watt. That was the whole thing of that. Yeah. So they helped clear out some space and let him go where he wanted to go. Um, they brought in Shaq Lawson. I think they eventually traded Shaq Lawson. Too. Yeah. So, um, 
we'll see where they end up going. I, it, it's very hard to figure out what that organization is always thinking. Um, but like, at the end of the day, like, I don't know. Texans are weird. Yep. <laughs> That's all I know with it is the Texans are weird. And I think the way they looked at it is if they brought in Flores, maybe they didn't think they would, like, they still didn't think that Deshaun Watson would stay even if they brought in Flores. Unless they asked Deshaun Watson, he was like, I still, I'm out of here. Because I know he wants to go wherever Flores goes, but if Flores doesn't, you know, go there, maybe he goes somewhere else. That's a very touchy subject right there with Flores. Yeah, so we'll Ooh. talk about that. And that'll be the next episode, everybody. Uh, if you want, you can follow the show at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like a delicious drink like you drink in the summer. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, leave yep. comments. Uh, check other videos. There'll be more of them, I swear. I'm not lying. And follow. Uh, DJ Intense, uh, follow my podcast, On The Record. You place a C with a K on On The Record. It's all one word. And you place the S with a C on DJ Intense. And um, this man right here, man, he works hard. He's a, I love his show. I love when he speaks. He's very informative. And I cannot wait until you guys see me again for the Blind Force episode because I have a lot <laughs> of information. And I want to draw things out of him because I'm like, he was on um, Let's Talk Sports Radio. Yeah. And he was giving a lot, a lot of information that made my head, like, the gears in my head spin. So I'm like, okay, okay, so I'm going to be picking your brain for that one, too. All right, so check it out. It's the next one. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to be